0: Hi, this is Michael Ward and you are watching Hashtag Verse TV. Comment, rate, share with everybody that you know, but most importantly, subscribe so you don't miss a thing.
1: What's up, what's up, what's up everybody? You already know what time it is, it's time for all the tea, right here on Verse TV which is boy Troy Weeks Music. And in the building today, we have a very special guest who's here with us all week long. We got my boy, Michael. Michael, talk to the people, Michael Ward. Let the people just say, hey, you know, let the people know you're here. Hey people out there, I
0: am Michael Ward. I'm so very excited to be here. It's my first time. So y'all made me feel welcome at home. And I'm so very excited yes. to let y'all into my life a little bit and spill all the tea yeah. on Verse TV.
1: Yes, I like that. And you're a part of the family now. Once you grace the camera one time, you're in. So I uh, welcome to the Verse TV family. Um, and so for our audience who may not know where you're from, let people know where you're from. I
0: am from Jacksonville, Florida. Duval County. So if you ever uh, want to know when people say Duval, it means they from Jacksonville, Florida. So we got a little Duval out here representing us right now. Born in Houston, Texas. So I also rep that as well. But I'm a Texan Floridian, as I call myself at times. But Florida boy through and through.
1: Y'all are Floridians? Y'all some baby. Y'all don't play. Okay. (laughs) Definitely a different type of (laughs) league. I totally get it. So what do you love most about your origin story? Oh, what
0: do I love most about my origin story? Um, I'm a military brat. And I think that is probably one of the things I love the most because military kids, no military kids. Um, So it gave me such an experience of like getting to travel between Texas and Florida, very long car rides and seeing the world, Um, but just getting, but just getting a different experience of like different cultures growing up um, in a multicultural environment on base housing, Um, Living between Texas and Florida, I think that that was kind of like the fun part for me growing up of like realizing um, that a lot of a lot of children that I went to school with had never been outside of like the base um, or even the state. Um, But when I did meet kids that had that experience of being military and they knew it, it just was like we clicked. They understood it. It's a different culture being a military kid. If you're a
1: military kid out there, you know what I'm talking about. So, yeah. I'm going to say definitely this. I'm not a retired kid, but I have friends who were. Um, I understand mm-hmm. that, you know, some people move around a lot, have friends new friends, and make me, you know. So it definitely could be a life, but it seems like it turned out just fine. <laughs> In recent <laughs> previous generations, where are your uh, – where's your family roots lie? Say it one more time. In recent previous generations, where, where are your family roots? What are your family roots lie?
0: Oh, this is a really great question. Cause I just found out a lot about my family uh, roots a couple years ago, but um, Texas, um, both of my parents are from Houston, Texas, um, but my father's side of the family has origins in Arkansas, Missouri. And um, those are the two big places. And of course, Texas. And my mother's side as well has origins from uh, Louisiana. So mm-hmm. All in those things, so it's a lot. And then, of course, we have um, family in the Carolinas and then California and different things like that. But the South um, is really, 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 really where my family is from.
1: Gotcha, awesome. In the South, Southern up, period. Southern the, my, roots. Roots.
0: my roots. My roots. <laughs> Got it. I love it.
1: So in addition to your role on um, note, um, activism, actor, all around genius, right? So let's start with your acting. And yeah. addition to your roles with Alan Sharp's African-American collective, LGBTQ theater. You have performed in, um, how do you pronounce her name? Donja, R, is it Donja? Donja, Donja,
0: Donja, Dan- 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 yeah.
1: Donja, Donja, Dan- 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 yeah. yeah. One and two, a play about CDC's claim that 50% of black men who have sex with other black men will contract HIV. Before we dig deeply into this HIV activism, give us a sip of all the tea well, how long you been? Um, acting.
0: Oh yes, yeah. so I've been acting all my life. If you ask my mama, <laughs> <A> very dramatic <laughs> kid. Um, but really, yeah, as a kid, I would have these performances, um, and I was in—I was obsessed with Alice in Wonderland at one time. So, um, really, acting is using your imagination, stepping in different people's roles, and there's a craft and everything that comes with it. But at the root of it is using your imagination. So as a kid, we all grow up using our imagination especially um being an 80s baby like we went outside and we played and we had to make up games and we did all of these things so it required a lot of imagination so i remember growing up um in my parents room um they had a day bed and they had like the main bed or whatever so i would put pillows in the middle of those and i would pretend that i was alice in wonderland and i would jump through the pillows to like fall down the rabbit hole um, so that was kind of like my first dalliance with imagination and acting. But the first time being on stage and reciting words and really acting, I was Benjamin Banneker in elementary school for Black History Month. You know, that's the only time they really had Black people on the stage you, um, back then. But I remember um, being Benjamin Banneker, learning about his life, getting these words and wanting to develop this character um, and really embody who he who he uh, was. Um so that was kind of like my first taste of being on stage. Um, and that was elementary school. And then luckily in Jacksonville, Florida, there was a performing arts middle school, which is really, really uh, rare. A lot of people hear yeah, about performing yeah. arts high school.
1: High school.
0: Um, right. But yes, I begged I begged my mother to allow me to audition for this performing arts middle school, because I was like, I want I wanna be in the drama program. I wanna act, this is what I wanna do. This is the place for me. Um, so that was really where I started kind of the training of acting and the craft and taking classes and things like that um, growing up. So, yeah, that's kind of my origin story um, of starting with acting from, you know, being a kid. Benjamin Banneker, really my first role of getting and then performing arts middle school of having to audition as a, as a child on, to get in. My first big
1: audition now.
0: Yes, my first big audition. We had to audition <laughs> to get into the drama program. And as well, we had to audition every year afterward to get into the advanced program. So you can start out in drama, but if you didn't um, pass your audition to actually get into like the seventh, eighth grade advanced drama classes, then you just had to find something else. And then that was actually my first um, my first job ever in life that I got paid for was uh, in middle school. Um, they had us submit for WB Safe Harbor. If anybody ever remembers that show, it got canceled I believe after one season. But that was like my first paying job as a child actor, it was on WB Safe Harbor, I played a student. I wasn't even on the show. Scene didn't even make it, I, it just, but it was a great experience of um, seeing how it really worked of like the whole thing and that this was a possibility um, for a little black boy from Houston, Texas, from the country, so I was like, wow. Um, so yeah, that is kind of the oh, origin wow.
1: story of, of acting. Listen, hell, yo, so you like sort of like me. I've been acting since, you know, since a kid, did all the elementary school shows, middle school shows. Unfortunately, I never went to performance arts high school. That was a dream, okay? I was a dream, but I never got to go to performance arts high school. But I was in chorus and in drama every single year, and I actually went to um, college for theater because theater was the one thing that, even though I love to act, it didn't come to me as naturally as the singing did. I needed to learn more. Like mm-hmm. I needed to be able to tap into every single part of myself as an actor because singing, you know, it, it's just who I am. But with the actor, you got to become something. you got to become someone or something. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to tap into that as deep as I could. So I went to school for it. So I totally get it. And I understand um, where you're coming from with that. You just, you know, just just talented. Just talented. So in this pandemic, people have, yeah, of course. Shout out to you. You know, you're out here doing it. Y'all ain't check his Instagram out. He won't give it to you in a minute, uh, later on at the end. Y'all gotta check his Instagram out because um, he's out here. Um, in this pandemic, People have found some amazing creative ways to get stories out to the public. You are an excellent actor and both of the aforementioned ventures of yours have been online. How do you like acting online in comparison to acting in person? Cause you know, COVID and things, a lot of things for us. Mm. How's the online versus the in-person for you? I, I would love Ooh. to hear that because I, I do a lot of my stuff online now and a lot of my shows and stuff was in person and the COVID capped it off. So wanted to hear, I'm so interested in finding out how you, how's it for you. I'm I'm
0: blessed to still be able to do what I love <laughs> and act oh, virtually.
1: <laughs> but
0: there's pros and cons of everything in life. Um, mm-hmm. um, so I would say I miss being on stage. I miss the energy from an audience. I miss well, being able to give love and receive love. Um, and as well, too, I think being on stage is a different kind of training. I'm a theater baby, I love acting on film. Um And I love, I love all of those things and having the camera here um, in your face, but it's a different experience of being on stage and giving your all and being this person and hitting your cue and seeing the lights, seeing the audience, you know, what's going to hit, what's not going to hit, hearing the laughter, you know, immediately. And as well, getting to engage with other actors. I mean, part of the thing that I love too, is just watching it grow from, Getting the script of, of meeting your co-stars, developing these relationships, going through rehearsal, um, building mm-hmm. this family with the cast and the crew and the lights Absolutely. and the costumes Yay. and the the <laughs> oh. rush, the adrenaline. I miss all of those things of running That's from stage after your scene, mm-hmm. the curtain calls, um, getting mm-hmm. to meet people and and seeing, you know, the reactions that you've, you know, hopefully taking people's mind off in those two hours. Um, when the lights are low in the theater to, um, you know, do something meaningful and impactful and to to let them take their minds off of that. So I miss that so, so very much. Um, just, just being on stage and the energy, the electricity, the adrenaline that you get right before it hits um, and then easing into it. So I miss that, but virtually, um, honestly, for me, um, it's been so much more of a, a great experience because acting um, and having a day job and having these side projects, living in Atlanta where traffic is absolutely crazy, um, it was really a stretch for me to try to make all of these different things, auditions and stuff like that. So, doing a lot of these virtual projects has allowed me to audition from home, um, work from home. Um, but it's a different, it's a different kind of beast with, because I'm acting to this, I'm acting to a camera, um, I'm acting to a laptop. I'm having now to. Um, almost act as if I'm on film, you know, I'm acting out, mm-hmm. but knowing that the camera's there and it's just literally this big. Um, and being in those projects, Donnie, R loves uh, one and two, which is a phenomenal project. I never got to meet my cast members um, ever. So I didn't get that that feeling, that energy uh, um, of like experiencing their their soul and and talking it out and things like that. So we had a lot of Virtual rehearsals, and we had to gel and make a connection over uh, FaceTime and Zoom, and uh, you know, so it was just a different animal and a, a different beast. But it has allowed me to um, to do more. You know, Alan is in D.C., Alan Sharp is in D.C., I'm in Atlanta, so I'm able to uh, participate and do all of these things from my house um, and act everywhere. So it's a blessing. It's a blessing, and I'm definitely grateful to still do. Um, something that I love to do, but I miss—I miss, I miss no, 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 no. having my feet on that stage. I miss it so, so very much. So, yeah. I
1: mean, I totally get it. I totally understand. That's why I wanted to hear it from you. Um, I get it. Everything you said is exactly how I feel. So, let's uh, segue into some of your uh, some of your amazing activism. You are a proud activist for the HIV community. Aaron Mack greatly appreciates that. Shout out to you, Aaron. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Because as someone with, the multiple, with multiple sclerosis diagnosis, he knows that the value in removing stigma from medical diagnosis. What gave you the bravery to step forward into this role? Woo, I don't think we have
0: enough time to go into everything. So I'll try to keep this as like um, <laughs> as brief as possible. And also I want to just shout out to um, uh, one of the loves of my life, my, my dear, dear friend, um, Dante, who has been rocking with me since I've been you know, a teenager who also um, has multiple sclerosis. So that's very dear to my heart as well too um, and watching his journey with it. So um, yes, I I definitely understand uh, that plight as well. But for me, honestly, it's just been one of the most uh, impactful things that I can say that I've I've been able to tell my story, but I can't sit up here and, and, and say that it was an easy decision to make Um, And I definitely appreciate the words uh, of being brave and and, um, sharing my story with the world, but it was not an easy decision. I think um, there were many, there were lots of discussions, there were lots of talks, and I had to have a lot of conversations with myself. Um, Was I ready for this? Because once you say it and it's out in the world, you can't get it back. And I had to make sure with myself that I was, I was going to be fine with that and I could live with that. Um, and part of it for me was um, people need to know that there are people living with HIV that are thriving, that live wonderful, beautiful lives. Um, and we hear so much that this is not a death sentence, this is not a death sentence. But even when I was diagnosed, that was all that I knew. That was all that I thought because mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily really have uh, people in my life that I knew that were living with HIV. So I didn't expect ever in my life that this would be my journey, um, that I'd be telling people that I'm a person living with HIV and as well advocating for people living with HIV to dispel the stigma. So. Um, Say all of that to say is yeah with how it started all of those things is even in Jacksonville um, I was navigating and assisting people with getting to care with getting to appointments um, with being peer support being ears um, that they could listen to and I kind of just came out like hey you know um, I know that this is something that I have to take care of and I know how hard it was for me to find support, find community, know how to navigate the healthcare system and feel good about myself and feel like I was worthy of being here. So I can't be the only person um, that feels this way. So I think that was kind of like the start of it. And I remember um, kind of when I was 25, um, I had this big blowout party, Um, but it was a party with a purpose. So people would come and they would donate to, Keep a Child Alive, which is an HIV organization I know Alicia Keys um, is affiliated with, but that was kind of like my, my first foray. I was having a fundraiser for an HIV um, and AIDS organization um, that way, but um, coming into now the role that I play, um, even with Counter Narrative Projects, CMP's Revolutionary Health of saying openly that I'm a person living with HIV, that it's been a journey. Um, It's been a journey and uh, it's all been worth it because the messages that I get from people, uh, the comments that I get that um, it's making people know that um, it's okay to be open about it, that there's a community that loves you, that supports you, that you are no less than anyone else, that you are loved and you're worthy and you're enough to be here and that you are not your diagnosis. it, it, it means so much to me. Yeah.
1: You just answered our next question, which is pretty much what advice would you give to someone who's newly diagnosed? It seemed
0: like that kind of advice. Oh, is wow.
1: Really yeah. yeah maybe yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah, definitely.
0: Because, <laughs> because it may seem like being newly diagnosed that you are alone and that um, you may not have anybody that's in that same boat as you. You may feel like you know, that you're going to die or that this is something that is um, going to be the end of you. But sometimes it starts your life, you know. Um, Definitely find your tribe. Um, And virtually as well, there are a lot of support groups and community groups um, that are out there right now advocating and um, assisting people navigate care. Find a doctor that is willing to listen to you Um, and that encourages you and answers all of your questions because you will have a lot of questions. Um, And that's why it's so very important that you have the peer support group as well because they will assist you and um, give you side effects or give you tips or I've had this experience or this is what it's going to feel like um, or even know just with your lab work, what your numbers mean, ask as many questions um, as you possibly can, Um, Google, is great, but they're not a medical professional. So always make sure that you talk to your medical professional and know uh, where you are with your numbers Um, and know that you're not alone. So I would add that as well to, like I said, what I just said, you are worthy to be here. Um, This is not a death sentence um, for you. And as well, um, aspire to reach undetectable status, but know that your status does not determine your value um, so keep that in mind as well. It's a it's a journey. This is life. But yeah, definitely.
1: I love it. So, so thank you for that. Real talk. Hope for those out there listening can definitely um, take from that what you gave. You are the host of a revolutionary health focusing on the health of Black gay men. So can you give us some give us a sip of some tea uh, on a, all the tea as we stay on that?
0: Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Revolutionary Health is amazing, you guys. So um, Revolutionary Health is a... It's a platform that was started by Dr. David Melbranch and Charles Stevens and Johnny Ray gay all of CNP Counter Narrative Project here in Atlanta. And it was born out of this idea of black gay men and our health and having these honest conversations with a doctor um, that's there to talk about some of the things that we may talk about in our friend groups over brunch when we get a little bit tipsy at car parties, or even if you're just texting your friend in the middle of the night, like, I don't know what the hell this this bump is or what's going on with my body. Um, So it's this virtual library. um, And it started with these live shows where um, Dr. David Melbranch, Johnny, and guests would come on and talk about medical issues like erectile dysfunction, about um, herpes, about living with HIV, about um, how does your semen taste? Um, (laughs) And as well, social, um, social justice issues as well with police brutality and Um, activism, HIV criminalization. There are so many things that are talked about, but um, there are YouTube videos that address a lot of these issues. Um, Access to PrEP, Um, especially during the COVID-19, we started this um, series, um, pretty much COVID check-ins. You know, how are you doing? How is your mental health? How do we date during the pandemic? How do we find intimacy? What does hooking up look like um, during this pandemic? And now we've transitioned to, of course, talking about the vaccine. Um, and health disparities and accessing the vaccine and getting help. So it's really a great wealth of information that you can check out on YouTube 24 um, seven. So if you wake up in the middle of the night and you have a question, is this normal? Is it not normal or who should I contact? And the best thing is that you can reach out to us, leave us a comment. Um, like I said, we have medical professionals. So we've got black doctors. And uh, mainly they are of LGBTQIA experience. So you're hearing directly from doctors that look like you, that have similar experiences as you, that are open, honest and raw um, about STIs, STDs, HIV, AIDS, Mm -hmm. um, all of this. So I'm very, very, very excited to talk about it. And now we're on Facebook Live once a month. So we transition to that. Um, But like I say, all of the videos are still there on YouTube for you to check out and get informed about your health. You know, Like I say, asking questions and talking about these things are so very important because you never know. You never know what somebody else is going through. Um, So yeah, check us out.
1: Absolutely, yes, please check them out. Um, Very informative, come on now. So so with the Counter-Narrative Project, you have discussed the importance of protecting your mental health and your journey. What are some of your top tips for protecting your mental health especially in this pandemic? Ooh,
0: listen. Listen to yourself. Check in check in with yourself. Um, so I am blessed and fortunate and it's so sad that I say blessed and fortunate every time I talk about it. Um, but this is the American healthcare system or wherever that you are, you know in the world hopefully, you know you have a better healthcare system than the one we've got here. But I am blessed and fortunate to be able to have a therapist. And even that journey of being open with my mental health journey of talking about actually going to therapy um, has been therapeutic um, for me as well with the play on words. Um, but that's one way that I protect myself. I've also um, taken up yoga um, as a self-care practice. So yeah. I thought, you know, yoga was going to be simple. I'll work out. I can knock this thing out. Uh, but yoga is so much more for me of a calming and a centering practice as well in meditation so I can listen and get in touch with my body and make that connection. Um, As well, taking social media breaks has really been helpful for me and and a lot of self-care. It may seem like I'm on on social media a lot, but I do limit what comes into my atmosphere, my soul, my spirit. Um, I try to monitor that very, very closely. But really being in touch with yourself. And if you're not okay and you don't feel okay, this is definitely the time where it's okay to say that I'm not feeling well and I need, I need some love. I need my friend support group or I need to talk to a therapist um, or I need my family, whether that's virtually and finding these different kinds of ways to connect because mm-hmm. this is a new experience for everybody. You know, like we're just now going through this and figuring out. So protect, protect your mental health and check in with yourself um, on how you're feeling, what you're going through. Um, other things that have helped me too um, is just journaling taking walks around the neighborhood um, and really like I say that fucking social media like disconnecting and disengaging from my phone because it's a lot of things that we take in on a daily basis and just taking those breaks so those would be my some of the ways that I've been managing through this pandemic yeah
1: thank you for that thank you for that and I think the most important thing for some people is a social media break because for me like I don't really need to break with social media because I have it. Like Because I'm an artist, because I do radio, host all this. Mm -hmm. I have every single platform that is. But I don't have time to be on every single platform checking and doing. So basically, social media for me is just promotion. That's how I keep myself away from it in a sense where I got to be, you know, people mad because I don't see this stuff. Listen, if you don't send it to me personally, I may not see it. Because I don't have time to be on social media scrolling. Because before you know it, I'm going to spend five hours doing that. And I ain't get shit done. You know, so I, I'll totally understand the break. I've had some other people who took social media breaks, and I totally get it. But for me, I always take a break, okay? I'm only on the purposes I need. I don't have time to get concerned with that, because then I'll be lost. So I totally mm-hmm. get it. Um, well, since we're speaking of the pandemic and more of all your around creative genius, in response to the, uh, to the quarantine portion of this pandemic, you and your co-creator Joshua Jenkins developed a hugely successful Black Gay Stuck at Home, BGSAH. Zoom movie screenings open to the public in which you show Black LGBT film um, favorites. So, man, shout out to y'all. Thank you for <laughs> that. because We all stuck at home, and we definitely need to be able to watch movies and things that represent ourselves. So shout out to y'all for that. After the screens, you all host question and answer periods, and you have had such amazing special guests. To name a few, Vanessa Williams, with a diva's Christmas Carol, writer, director, Roger S. Uh, right? uh, Roger S. Um, 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 how do you say his last name? Omi, Omius, I'm um, Junior with Finding Me with with the movie Finding Me in the series. And most rec- most recently, Samson McCormick's with his new movie, Love the One You're With. Whew. All right, all of that, right? Amazing. Oh, <laughs> mm. So give us a little sip of all the tea on how you got this developed, this ingenious idea About Talk to me.
0: Yes, th- thank you for this. This has been just a wild ride with uh Black Gay Stuck at Home. And we're coming up on our one year anniversary on April 10th, which is like Absolutely incredible. But um, <laughs> me and Josh, me and Josh tell this story all the time about Black A second home. We have never met um in person. We still have never met. Um and we're working on that. We we laugh and we <laughs> joke about this all the time, that it is going to be a huge production. Like when we finally get together and we are in the same space and we can hug and and um you know, get that energy in person. I love it. I can't wait for it. But really, how how um it came, and there will be some things that come out on social media as well this week, um, because we started it around this time last year. Um, and really it it really what started it is Patrick Ian Polk, um, the creator of Noah's Ark. Um, the logo, yes, the logo God TV shows series. Noah's Ark. <laughs> yes, I'm I Noah's this. Ark, I am a yes. Noah's Ark this yes. is my bio. I <laughs> I am, I love that. And and I'll tell you why as well too, is because it was my first time like seeing myself represented and seeing black uh, black gay men in love and getting married and having Absolutely. these relationships and having Absolutely. these conversations. So before Noah's Ark, a lot of people don't know, Patrick Ian Polk has been at this a uh, very long time. Um, So his first film is called Punks. It features Rockman Dunbar. Um, oof, Jesus, um, that man is fine still. Uh, but, um, <laughs> That was one of his first films and um, he had posted a clip, I think of that movie. And so it's out of print, it's not um, on DVD. um, It's very, very hard to find. So he posted something on Facebook about it and then I reposted it and was like, oh my God, Um, one of my friends or whatever wanted to see it. And I was like, I have the DVD, I got a promotional copy. So maybe we should do like a movie night and um but it was like it has to be virtual because it's the pandemic and all that kind of stuff so maybe we should do a virtual movie night so then josh saw it him and i got in conversation and he was like so maybe we should do this and i was like yeah let's totally do this so um we went through everything and we were like well how do we do this and building this and so um i think within like two weeks we were like just do it let's create this thing and so our very first screening um, we had like 500 people sign up to come see punks, and about wow. 300, 400 people were in the Zoom room that night. We just asked Patrick Ian Polk, like, hey, this is what we're gonna do. And he picked it up and posted it on his Instagram page. And he sat in the room with us for a Q&A afterward, afterward um, for like almost an hour, you know, telling us about like stories and and sitting in the chat about like casting. Um, Loretta Divine and casting Rockman Dunbar, how did they get it made? Mm-hmm. Babyface and his wife at the time, Tracy Edmonds coming in and um, helping them get it financed. And we were like, oh my God, like, I, like I'm standing out, but trying to hold it and keep it together because I'm like, oh my God, he's literally sitting here with us, giving his time in a pandemic. We've got a room full of three, 400 people um, that are enjoying you know, enjoying this film, so we were like, maybe we should, maybe we should keep doing this again. You know, maybe we should really do this because the feedback was so great. And from that time, we just started doing something every two weeks. All so we had nineteen screenings last year, um, and then 19. we were like, we need nineteen screenings. Talk um, about it. Um. So yes, and we've been blessed that you know people have wanted to come and sit with us on a Friday night. Uh, for two hours to take their time off of everything and been generous to give us Q&A. So we've had Patrick come in like twice. We've had Jensen Atwood from Noah's Ark. We've had Daryl Stevens. We've had everybody almost, uh, like almost everybody from Noah's Ark except for Alex. Um, uh, Well, Rodney Chester who plays Alex and Christian Vincent who plays um, Ricky uh, for the main Noah's Ark cast. Um, But yes, uh, we've had uh, Daryl Stevens, like I said, we've had uh, Doug Spearman, we've had actors from uh, Lovecraft Country, Westworld, Nathan Hale Williams came with Dirty Laundry, Um, Samson McCormick was there last year with us, but you know, Vanessa Williams, I mean, the legend, the icon, Miss, and she sang for us and just was beautiful and gracious with her time is like something that I moved by, but um, creating this experience and having this community of BGSAH family, as we call them now, that sits with us every two weeks and has celebrated birthdays and anniversaries and date nights and um, all of this—it's just been a beautiful experience. So Josh, Josh, um, and myself—we never, we never thought that this would, you know, be what it is. But we are so very grateful to
1: be here a year later. Yeah. Well, come on, in one year, y'all making history. Okay, so keep doing it, okay? Because what you better want to imagine imagining, what's to count. That's all I have to say. Um, after each excellent DGSAH screening, the DJ Jams are so super cool. What made you all decide to close the indoor out, um, outings with Classic Jams? That's Josh. Let
0: me just shout out to DJ Josh Jinx, as I will be calling him when he get in his bag in the room. <laughs> and I just think it started out like... Um, one night we were just like you know this was really heavy this was a moment you know and we don't just want to let the people go like this is like you know we need something to kind of break this up you know we want to still um be intentional and center joy and happiness and it's still a friday night so you know especially here in atlanta like if it was a friday night the clubs would be open we'll be out uh, we'll, you know, be twirling. We'll be doing our things on the, on the floor getting down. So I just think one <laughs> night it just happened. DJ Josh James was like, I'm gonna just play some music friends. And I mean, that man be killing it. You know, he be killing it, getting it in and seeing people like dance and we be highlighting people and come on the screen and they be having the lights. It just, it makes for a whole experience, but it also breaks up the stuff that is uh, a little bit heavy And we just need a moment to decompress and still just put it on. You can walk around the house. You can dance to it. You can go. So shout out to DJ Josh Dinks. I love the man so much for for
1: definitely doing that. Yes, sir. Keeping the vibes going, you know, after the heaviness. We love it. For those in our audience who may not know, how can the tickets for these Zooms free Zooms um, be obtained? Because, yes, they are free. So all, all of you guys should come. It's free. So uh, how do they Yeah,
0: (laughs) free, I forgot to say that. We love free, we love them. So make sure that you go to uh, bgsah.com, bgsah.com or Instagram at underscore bgsah. All of the screenings are on there, you can register. It'll take you to uh, the Eventbrite where you can go on there. And it'll also sign you up for our newsletter. So if you forget, we like to send out reminders that we've got a movie coming out of anything. We're going to be there every two weeks, every um, every two weeks on a Friday. So make sure you check us out, get on the mailing list because we have a lot of special things that are coming up uh, for the month of uh, April. It's like, what month is this? For the month of April to celebrate our one year anniversary. And we also have a partnership with um, Advocates for Youth for National uh, Youth HIV AIDS Awareness Day. So it's all free and you will get great movies. So, yeah.
1: Come on now. Come on. Some of us like to myself and, and Mr. Michael, be in these movies. Trying to, you know what I'm saying? We out here. So <laughs> you do so many different things, Mr. Ward. What is the hardest part about all that you do? Balance.
0: <laughs> um, Really balance because I... I really was on the verge of burning myself out like uh, last year. Um, and because I think um, for me, it was, it was balancing it and, and doing a lot. And like I said, we never expected BGSAH to, to do what it's done. And I never expected that I would have so many opportunities, you know? So I had to learn how to say no. That would, that's one thing for me as well too. I would love to be able to, to do everything um, but there are a lot of things that I've said no to and I've had to become more intentional about my yeses and still learn balance between having a, a nine to five, um, auditioning and getting cast and acting and completing acting projects, BGSAH, um, the hosting the Revolutionary Health Show. Um, so I've, I've had to really learn balance and check in with myself to know. Um, like I said earlier, check in with yourself with your mental health to know when it's too much. And I think at the end of last year, um, I really was, I was burning the candle at both ends. And so I almost burnt myself out. So this year it's about balance. So I think that's the hardest thing is balancing it and saying no, like to a lot of incredible opportunities and wanting to show up and be there for a lot of things. But the, the the great thing and the positive thing to spend that is that it's also allowed me to give opportunities to other you know people in the community that um, are also out here doing incredible things as well. So I'm able to pass that along to them to have that opportunity. So that would probably be the hardest thing about everything that I do, finding that balance, yeah.
1: So, and to counteract that, what's been the most enjoyable part about all that you do?
0: Oh my God. I love this so much. Um, I love it. I get to, like I say, I get to act, um, which is something that I love to do. We get to have a community um, with the BGSAH fam. And I think I'm probably like the most emotional one. Um, At times I've cried, I've done those things, which is absolutely fine. But I realized that this is something that I needed to in the pandemic. Um, of having this community, so I love that. I love the Q and As so much um, that we have. Um, I love getting to host the show and bringing this content, and just like seeing seeing people that look like me and are reflected, and and as well that people hard. that don't look like me. But um, like I say, it it's beautiful, and it hit me it hit me the night with BGSAH when we started highlighting and spotlighting like um, people, you know, that are on the dates and that are sharing their moments with us and send us these messages. That's what keeps me going. I love, I love what I do. And that really makes the difference. You know, I Mm -hmm. like, you know, I like my job, but I love um, when I'm in, in my bag and I'm doing these things, so.
1: Totally understand as a creative and as someone who does uh, hosting and different things like that I totally get it. Sometimes you yeah. d- your day job could be your job, but you love what you do. The great thing is that as you transition, because you're doing what you love, you can definitely transition to that being your full-time, but you gotta be able to win it. You gotta be, you know, making those moves. So you're definitely doing that. So, what's the best advice that you have ever received? Oh shoot, the best advice that I've ever received
0: so much. Ooh, this one is a tough one. And I and I, oh, I have so much, I have so much good advice. Um, stay in your lane. I think, I think that would be some of the best advice because there are moments in my, there are moments in my career where I've been like, ooh, this looks really nice what so-and-so has over there or what they're doing. And I would love to do that. Um, but that's not my calling, right? That's not my passion. Um, right. And this lane that I have is my own individual journey. Um, so stay in your lane um, is, is a great piece of advice that I've received from a mentor um, as well. Um, Jesus, Jesus, so much good stuff. Oh my God um i'll leave it at that i'll leave it at that just stay got in your you. lane so know what you're calling stay in your lane you're stay in your lane know what know what is for you is for you it won't pass you by um and yeah be passionate about it so i would say stay in your lane
1: got you awesome so what's the main thing that you want our versity artists to learn about you michael ward today
0: my God, that we have free screenings at BGSAH that we want you all to check out. Um, I don't know, this is a tough one. I'm trying to think what is one thing that I, <laughs> I, I want people to know about me? Um, yeah, just check out my stuff. Um, check out my acting, my art, the BGSAH community, check out CNP Revolutionary Health. Um, But I'm no different from from everyone that has a dream. I think that's um, the biggest takeaway. I have dreams, I have goals, I have passions and I'm pursuing them, you know? And I've been blessed and I've been fortunate to live my life openly and out loud um, Mm -hmm. for the world to see, like I say, as a person living with HIV, that I'm here. We've always been here as LGBT people, we ain't going nowhere um live love love hard and just enjoy every moment that we have in life so those are all things that I would want people to take away from who I am as Michael Ward yeah
1: Without you. And, and last but not least this part of the interview before we get into the last final part of the tea questions what's next for Michael Ward in your process anything that's coming up that you haven't mentioned because you just mentioned a couple of things you might have already answered it but is there anything coming up next for you that you haven't mentioned
0: um. So much. Um. So yeah, my next acting project is with Actors Express Crossroads. Um. It's a audio podcast, which is really interesting. It's like this Afrofuturism sci-fi. It's all BIPOC, Black Indigenous people of color. Uh, from the writers to the cast to the crew, uh, we put a lot of love and soul into this thing. I'm on episode six. Um, it's on all your digital streaming platforms, but I get to play Michael, an archangel, which is ironically what I'm also named after. <laughs> um, Michael and Archangel. But I get to play like these du- dual characters. I get to be like this smooth radio narrator voice uh, person. And then I get to be like this Thor kind of uh, sci-fi character. So that's coming out soon. Um, Actors Express uh, Crossroads. You can find it on my Instagram. Um, As well, the one-year anniversary of Black A Second Home, and as well, Josh's birthday um, is coming in April. So it's going to be a celebration that's going to be really, really fun. Counter Narrative Project has Revolutionary Health that's coming out. Um, as well, like I say, Facebook Live. We've got um, so many events um, that is coming out. So just check my page out for those things. As well, just giving opportunities to other Black LGBTQIA filmmakers that are creating images and representing us about diverse topics. So we have
1: some special screenings that'll be coming up as well. Awesome, well, thank you for that. Um, y'all heard it here first. Um, so before we, be, this last three, four questions is gonna be real quick, but these are the questions that we ask everybody, which are very important to us because we like to get a little bit a little bit in your business. Um, this is the interview, so you know, this is the special last part of it. So without further ado, um, further ado, we'll get into it. Are we good to go, Aaron? thumbs up, yeah? Okay. So if you had all the money power necessary, what would you do or change that you feel will be most beneficial for the LGBTQ plus community? All the money, power necessary.
0: Um, give people the basic necessities of life that should be uh, that that we should have, that should be basic rights. So we need adequate housing, a livable wage and healthcare. And I think a lot of the things that we're going through right now, those those things definitely could assist us. Yeah. We see it right Come now on. as we live through a global pandemic and our healthcare yeah. system and this vaccine yeah. rollout. And yeah. so if I yeah. had all the money in the world, if we can get people adequately housed, free healthcare and a livable wage, Come on, God.
1: Give him the money. Give him the money, God, so we can make it. I'm telling you. I'm telling (laughs) you. Stimmy. Number two. (laughs) Come on. We need a little bit more. Come on. Um, So, number two. Uh, It starts with a quote and then a question. The quote is this. Ask not where I live or what I like to eat or how I comb my hair, but ask me what am I living for in detail? Ask me what do I think is keeping me from living for the thing I want to live for? And that's a quote by Thomas Morton. The actual question is this. What is your goal in life and what is slowing you down from achieving that goal? Ooh,
0: I want my time back. I want, I want, <laughs> I want my time, um, and financial freedom by way of my time. Um, like I say, I like my job, but honestly, um, working for someone else and making someone else's dream come true um, mm-hmm. is is an obstacle. It is standing in my way. I would love full time. Uh, my to live in my passions and create these opportunities so right now my goal is working toward um getting my time back and sadly i have to basically work to um build this world and this dream that i'm creating and buying my time back Um, so those are things that i'm working toward uh, with financial freedom for myself and capitalism and all of these other kind of things are standing in my way of that (laughs) so yeah
1: God, damn it. Um so this is my most, this is the most important question of them all. And this is number three what is your hashtag deepest tea ie something that you're uh, never shared on social media before but something you're of course willing to share with us here ever see
0: my deepest tea um, <laughs> um, I, let me see what would be my deepest tea that I don't share on social media? I, I'm the baby I don't know. I don't, really, I don't really show my family. I don't really show a lot of my personal life. I have every now and again, but I am the baby boy of four. So not a lot of people know that I have an older brother and two mm-hmm. older sisters. And I am the baby brat.
1: I was going um, to say, excuse me, what happened when you, the baby?
0: I am the baby boy, which means that I am the baby brat. My sisters would tell you that all the time. So I don't know. That's a little tea for y'all. My deepest tea. But... Well, now
1: y'all know. Yeah. If y'all ain't known it before, <laughs> y'all know <noted> it here today. <laughs> I know, kind of
0: boring, but yeah, I guess, yeah. I
1: mean, it <laughs> could be seen, You know what I'm saying? You, know, you never know. But maybe that explains some things for some people. Understand? So, um, next thing: what are some? What is your biggest stumbling block that you had on your path up, and how did you overcome it? Those kind of are good questions. What are the stumbling blocks and the biggest things that have come? One yeah, of the biggest things, even just the, the biggest one, maybe. And how did you overcome that? Because there's always that one. It's like, ooh, baby, ooh,
0: yeah. I'm trying to think. This might take me some time. I would say I bombed an audition. I I think that was kind of my biggest stumbling block that made my ass get back into acting class. So y'all, listen. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just be feeling like you had shit, like you got it all together. Like, I've done this That's a million good. times. I'm just coming in here. Like, I know what I got, you know. I'm coming in. So I had this audition, and, you know, I had prepared, but I didn't really prepare. Um, I was like, I got this, it'll it'll. You know, I'll make it happen, I'll get it. And so wasn't adequately prepared for the audition. And I got in the audition and they switched the shit up on me. And um, I bombed this audition to the point where one of the di- one of the other casting directors was laughing in my audition. In so now imagine, right? You're on stage, so even going. And this was not a closed audition. So this is this is an audition for theater. So there's a whole front row of people. There's casting people in the back. It's literally like 10, 15 people in the room. And it's completely quiet because they let you, you know, you 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 know, do your actor thing and you get in the zone and you just <clears throat> and I'm going through my monologue, and I I hit a, a point where like I stumbled and I could not recover forgot everything, and out of the silence is this loud ass laugh. And I'm just like, oh my god, you have got to be kidding me. Are you literally just laughing in the middle of my audition? Mm. Literally? Um, so I think that was like one of my biggest stumbling blocks because I, of course, didn't get it. Of course, I didn't get it. If they laughing at you, there's no there's no um, uh, uh, comeback from that but I had a really great um, conversation with one of the other directors, um, just about being disciplined, about being focused, about taking the craft seriously, about really getting serious. If this is something that you really love to do and you're serious about acting, you cannot rely on being cute. <laughs> you cannot rely on like the fact that you think that you had shit, that you are gonna come in here and get it because you are all of this, but you really have to love it and be dedicated to the craft and you're never too old to get back in class and really, really work on it. Because y'all, when that man bust out laughing at me, the Duval wow. in me wanted to, to come off that stage. I told to you, the like, I
1: told the, you. Du,
0: the Duval in me wanted to come out there and be like, bro, did you just literally laugh in the middle of me trying to be dramatic? Like, That's a really, in, Hold in, up. in Hold front up. of all these people? Like, this is what <laughs> we doing, dude? This is what we doing? But I deserved it, you know, I really deserved it. And it was a kick in my ass to be like, if you really want to take this seriously and you want to get on the stage and entertain and be an actor, then you got to take this seriously. And it was literally, like I said, I've been doing this since I was a kid. And this was like. in me being an adult, like I got this, I could come in here, I really don't have to memorize these sides and this this audition piece. Ooh. Trust
1: me. I got my ass
0: handed to me that day. And that man went about his day probably telling everybody that started, he laughed at me.
1: (laughs) Uh, But guess what? Look at me now, right? Okay. That laugh turned me into, uh, I had to get, brought me together. So sometimes we need that little uh, tough love. Okay? Yes. So last question is this. What, um, What is something that you would want to be left in a legacy of a time capsule for your work?
0: Oh my God. Now I see how people feel when they get asked these legacy questions,
1: and I'm like, I'm only 34. I'm 34 um, too. Come on. You're building a legacy here. Talk to me. What do you want to leave in the legacy time capsule with all the amazing things you're doing? Oh, my God. I just want to leave... Um,
0: I just want to leave the work behind. I want the work to speak for myself, but um, I want people to know that I'm a full human being, so um, I've I've had my faults. I've made my mistakes. I did my best. I I, um, I loved hard, um, that I lived, you know, I really, really, really lived um, a life. I lived a life that I never thought would, um, that would be here. And I'm amazed at the life that I'm living right now. But as far as in terms of legacy, of course, I would be behind my work, I'm also published poet and um, writer so you can find uh, my work um, that I've, that I'm leaving behind in black gay genius as well as um, another poetry anthology that's out there even with CNP mm-hmm. um, but I want people to know that I am a black gay man living with HIV and I lived we existed um, I'm I've loved black gay men that it's possible black love um, it's possible black men loving black men is a revolutionary act and I'm, I'm so thankful that I experienced it in my lifetime and that we are worth wanting each other,
1: you know. Um, wow. well, but come on, yeah, come on, come on, talk to the people. You yeah. let the people have yeah. it today, talk okay? To One, yeah. Um, yeah, no worries, but you know what? Um, thank you for that, first and foremost. Say, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Michael Ward's in the building. So tell the people where to find you if they want to find out more, if they want to look you up and find it, let you know. Follow me on all the socials at MichaelXWard,
0: MichaelXWard.com, Facebook, Instagram. I ain't on no Snapchat like that, but I'm on there if you happen to find me. Um, on there, BGSAH.com,
1: underscore BGSAH. That's right, y'all. And this has been all the tea right here with Verse TV. Again, your boy X, where we music on everything. You can follow us adverse tv on everything go to our website go to our link tree all that good stuff um and, you know he's going to be with us all week long so make sure you guys check out the interview make sure you follow my guy michael ward and you know there'll be more to come i'm sure he'll be come back as a guest host at some point and i'm um, just be on the lookout for him be on the uh, lookout for him and let's catch let's catch me join me as we join in on one of these uh uh every two weeks fridays that they have going on so we could be a part of the conversation um, and make it happen. So yes, we're getting ready to make that happen. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, this is week 100 CN in Spanish, okay? Week 100. <laughs> and so we made history today right here with Mr. Michael right here on Voice TV. So thank you guys so much. And I'll uh, be sure to continue to l- be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share because you know, you can do all those amazing things, but you don't share if you don't know. You know what I'm saying? So share it with the peoples. And um, we'll see you guys win next week for the same thing, same time, same place. Thank you guys so much for tuning in.